Welcome to Real Truth for Today with Pastor Jeff Shreve, Senior Pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. Now, here's Pastor Jeff. Well, good Tuesday morning to you. Pastor Jeff Shreve here from the studio at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. Hope that you're having a good morning. I tell you, I was uh, looking at the news this morning. I got up about uh, 5.30 and I was looking through the news. And it's just, uh, it, just to be honest with you, it's depressing. You know, you look around and you think, good night. Uh, our country is just uh, self-destructing before our eyes. The decisions we make are so foolish. It, it, every time I look at the news, it's, it's just like looking at it through Romans chapter 1, uh, professing to be wise, they became fools. They became morons. And uh, we make some of the most moronic decisions and um, we're just such an upside down world. So, you know, you can get you can get depressed if you're not careful, if you're not looking at things uh, through the eyes of Scripture and saying, well, yes, this is true, but my God is in control and I trust him. And uh, I know that uh, we know the end of the story. And so today, as we get ready for Thanksgiving Thanksgiving is obviously coming up quickly on Thursday, and uh, one day a year, obviously we don't give thanks one day a year, we're supposed to give thanks always, as the scripture says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus concerning you, Uh, and and today we want to really focus in on all the blessings that we have, and especially as believers, uh, we have things that uh, are not material things. We have spiritual things in the Lord, and so we want to focus in on those things today, and when we open the phone lines, I'm going to be asking you to to call in and just uh, let your thanks be heard. Now, tomorrow on the program, we have uh, Rosaria Butterfield. She has a brand new book out called Five Lies of Our Anti-Christian Age. Now, you may know the name Rosaria Butterfield. She was a, um, a women's studies professor at Syracuse. She was a, a very vocal and uh, I, I could say militant in, in her personality, uh, lesbian. And she was in a lesbian relationship and she was going to write a book uh, to, to refute uh, Christianity and those kinds of things and didn't understand why Christians were so upset about uh, LBGTQ stuff. And so she started to study and she became a Christian. And so she is a very, she's my kind of person because she's very, uh, she speaks the truth in love, but she does not back down off the truth. And so this is a great book that's uh, just, just come out, Five Lies of Our Anti-Christian Age. I had a wonderful interview with her uh, that we're going to air tomorrow, did it just the other day. And uh, you're, you're not going to want to miss that. Rosaria is, is great. And uh, what a testimony. And she stands up for the truth, and uh, she makes it clear, hey, we're being lied to. And uh, just a little preview of the five lies of our anti-Christian age. Lie number one, homosexuality is normal. That's one of her uh, key parts of the book. Lie number two, being a spiritual person is kinder than being a biblical Christian. That's a lie. Lie number three, feminism is good for the world and the church. No, it's not. 
Lie number four, transgenderism is normal. No, it's not. Lie number five, modesty is an outdated burden that serves male dominance and holds women back. So five lies of our anti-Christian age. You're not going to want to miss that tomorrow. But today we're focusing in on being thankful. Now, Sunday, the day, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, just uh, two days ago, we gathered at First Baptist Texarkana and we had a great Sunday. We have been doing the, the Lord's Supper. We don't do the Lord's Supper uh, every week as some churches do. Uh, we do it uh, about four times a year, about once a quarter, and we really focus in. That whole service is about the Lord's Supper. And so we talked about being grateful and thankful. And I preached from 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, See how great a love... The Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God, and such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. See how great a love. You know, I'm convinced that so many Christians, uh, they don't see how great a love. And when John wrote that, uh, he uses a word, that word see, it's also translated behold in the King James, but it's a word that connotes wonder, amazement, and surprise. And, and many of us, they, we don't see what we're supposed to see. Now, we know, lots of us know the holiday Christmas classic, It's a Wonderful Life. It, it debuted, I think it was produced in 19, late 1940s, and a year later it, they you know, had it come out, 47 or 48, something like that. But uh, it was with, um, with uh, J- Jimmy Stewart and uh, some other named actors, and um, it was about George Bailey, who was in a tough time, and he was uh, he was short eight thousand dollars on his books, and they were getting the bank examiner to come in, and he was going to be shamed and arrested, and you know Mr. Potter was the one that had his money, but Mr. Potter was trying to break poor George Bailey, and uh, George got the idea that uh, it would be better for him to kill himself, and uh, so that didn't work because. Uh, God intervened and sent an angel, Clarence. And, and as George goes through, he says, you know, it'd be better if I'd never been born. And that's kind of the whole premise of It's a Wonderful Life, showing George what life would be like if you had never been born. And there's a, there's a, a statement in the movie uh, in It's a Wonderful Life where he realizes that his brother, Harry, who was a war hero, he never would have been a war hero because he would have died when he was nine years old when he fell through the ice. George was the one that saved him. And so he sees his his brother's tombstone. He's like, what is this? He said, my brother was a war hero. And Clarence said, no, your brother wasn't a war hero. Your brother died. He fell through the ice. He died at nine years old because you weren't there to save him. And then he says this, you see, George, you really had a wonderful life. Don't you see what a mistake it would be to throw it all away? George didn't see. And you and I don't see. So much of the time we don't see how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Now, listen, I don't know what's going on in your life, in your circumstances, but if you're a Christian, you're a child of God, and you need to see how great a love 
the Father has bestowed upon you so that you could be called, and rightfully so, a child of God. Now, in, a, in order to understand and to really see how great a love, there are two prerequisites for that. You know, you think about college, you know, there were certain classes that uh, you had to, you know, hey, I need to take this class, but I can't take uh, chemistry two until I take the prerequisite chemistry one. Uh, Most of the time we didn't want to take chemistry one or two, but we had to to get our degree. But it has prerequisites. You can't just take anything you want because other courses build upon it. Well, to see how great a love you have to, there are two prerequisites for that. And the first one is you have to see how great a pit. You see how great a pit you were in when God's love intervened. Now, when we think about where we were before Christ, Ephesians chapter 2 paints the spiritual picture of where we were before Christ. And Paul says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. That's a big problem when you're dead. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, dead toward God. And you inherited, see, a man is a house of three rooms. He's spirit and soul and body. As Paul said, I pray your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete, blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You're a house of three rooms. We're made in the image of God. God is a triune God. And man is a triune person. He is spirit and soul and body. And when Adam and Eve sinned, they died. Just remember, the Lord said to him, in the day you eat of it, you will surely die. In the day. But we know that Adam lived to be 930 years old. So we say, well, God said in the day you eat of it, you will die. But he didn't die for 930 years. Uh, but he did die. He died the exact day that he ate, just like God said. But he didn't die in his body. And he didn't die in his soul. But he did die in his spirit. His spirit it was the, the part of him that was connected to God. See, in my body, I know the world beneath me, the physical world. In my soul, I know the world around me, the psychological world. But in my spirit, I know the world above me, the spiritual world. And that's where Adam died the day he ate and Eve died the day she ate. And that's what they passed on to their children and all of us are descendants from two people, Adam and Eve. And so what did we inherit from our great, 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 grandfather, Adam? A dead spirit. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You're dead inside, dead toward God. And it says, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. We were uh, led along by the devil. That's, uh, the, that's what the Bible is talking about there. Who is the prince of the power of the air? Is the devil. It's not talking about this, the Holy Spirit. It's talking about uh, this Satan. The spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. You know, First John chapter 5 says the whole world lies in the lap of the evil one. And it says that we all too formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. So Paul paints a very dark picture. This is a prerequisite 
to see how great a love. You have to see how great a pit we were in spiritually. We're dead toward God. We're slaves of sin. We're children of wrath. People today, they get this this weird idea, this unbiblical idea that everybody is a child of God. No, you're not. Just because you're born into this world, you're not a child of God. You're a creation of God, but you're not a child of God. For uh, John chapter one, he was in the world, speaking of Jesus, and the world was made by him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. The Jews said, not this man, but Barabbas, where they rejected Christ. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. When Jesus was in uh, an argument with the religious leaders, and they were going on and on about him and uh, arguing about everything, and Jesus had said, hey, if you, if you continue in these words of mine, you're truly my disciples and you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. And they said, well, we're from Abraham. You know, we've, we've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you will become free? Well, they'd forgotten they were slaves to Egypt. Um, but anyway, they go on and on arguing. And then Jesus finally says, why do you not understand what I'm saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. And you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks, speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. You, he said to those Jews, are of your father, the devil. Not a child of God. You're a child of the devil. Paul says we're all children of wrath, even as the rest. We're dead in sin. We're slaves to sin. We're children of wrath. And what does that mean? It means you're on the highway to hell. You're going to experience the wrath of God. Man, you talk about a pit. In order to see how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us, you have to see how great a pit you are in. And then when we come back from the break, you have to see how great a price the Lord paid to deliver you and deliver me from the pit that we were in, the spiritual pit from the highway to hell. You're listening to Real Truth for Today. I'm Pastor Jeff Shreve. We are giving thanks as we see what God has done for us. Don't go away. This is Abraham Hamilton III with AFR, and we're sending Bibles. Here's Michael with Bible League International. Abraham, this is startling. Outside of the U.S., in the regions of Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and Latin America, as many as 9 of 10 new believers lack a Bible. They can't read God's precious promises. Would you remember Sibella in the Middle East? Only a couple of years ago, she could not read, but now she can, and she's praying for a Bible. Neil's a widowed mother of four in Kenya. Her husband was killed by the Boko Haram regime, but she wants to raise her children to know and love. Jesus. She's praying for a Bible. Let me say thanks to Walter of Muskegon, Michigan, Constance of Lewisburg, West Virginia, and Teresa of Dubuque, Iowa. We want to bless 20,000 Bibleist believers by the end of January. You've sent 7,000 Bibles. We've got 13,000 to go. Would you keep us moving forward today? $5 sends a Bible. $100 sends 20. $500 sends 100. You can give by calling 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD. Or visit sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. Org. As I say so repeatedly, the man, the Word of God is so rich. 
you read something, you read something, you've read it before, and then one time you read it, and BAM! Something <laughs> comes out like a sugar ray Linda jabs right in the eyes. Whoa, Lord, where did I, didn't do that? Where did that come from? <laughs> the Hamilton Quarter with Abraham Hamilton III, weekday afternoons at 5 Central on American Family Radio, or grab the podcast at AFR.net. Spreading the love and message of Jesus just got easier. The Christmas Bundle helps break the ice and open the door to share the gospel. It contains a Christmas shirt, three Christmas button or wristband 10-packs, eight ounces of Noel coffee, the Advent Alphabet book, a Hope of All the Earth CD, and a 10-pack of Isaiah 9-6 stickers, all at a very special price. Get your Christmas Bundle today at resources.afa.net. While in the emergency room with my wife, as she was struggling with the COVID-19 virus herself, and I looked at her, I said, are you scared? And she said, a little bit, but I've been through worse. The Certainty of Mankind's History with Uncertainty, an article by Peter Rosenberger. And then, as her fever was approaching almost 103, she started singing in Christ alone. I place my trust and find my glory in the power of the cross. And that's how she has anchored herself in the certainty of Christ through her huge medical journey that has included 80 surgeries, both of her legs amputated, 100 doctors have treated her, 12 hospitals, and now the COVID-19 virus. And so when we live with those kinds of uncertainties, anchoring ourselves in Christ, in Christ alone, that's the only place we can run to where there is certainty. To read this article and more, visit afa.net forward slash the stand. This is Real Truth For Today. Podcasts of the program are available on the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to Pastor Jeff Shreve. Welcome back. We're talking about being thankful and everything give thanks for this is God's will in Christ Jesus concerning you. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Well, see how great a love, John said, the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. And it's not just pie in the sky and such we are. We are the children of God. And for this reason, he says, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet appeared as yet what we will be like. We know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him just as he is. Uh, That's exciting. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Well, we're talking about see how great a love. We're talking about opening our eyes to see what the Lord has done for us. And listen, your life may be falling apart. Everything may be going wrong for you. You may have physical problems and financial problems and marriage problems and family problems, and, and it's just disaster. But if you know Christ as Savior and Lord, you can give thanks and rejoice in Him. Rejoice, always pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. And you can be overwhelmed this day as you see how great a love. Now, we said you have to understand some things. There are some prerequisites in order to really see and behold and stand in awe of God's great love. First, you have to see how great a pit. You have to see that you're a sinner. Uh, as the song says, I was sinking deep in sin. 
far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. I'm in trouble. Here's the problem we have today when we share the gospel. And I was guilty of this. I I learned in college the four spiritual laws and uh, written by Bill Bright. And that little track has been reproduced uh, billions of times and given out to so many people. And, And God has used that to lead people to faith in Christ. But law number one says this, Uh, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. That's how it starts out. Well, I like the way Ray Comfort starts out a presentation of the gospel. It's not with God's love. It's with your sin. The fact that you're a sinner. God does love you. And God does have a wonderful plan for your life because God wants to make you his child. But you have to understand first that this is... the gospel message comes to those who are in trouble, in serious trouble. The Savior came to a, a world of sinners where everyone was dead in sin, slaves to sin, children of wrath, people on the highway to hell. That's when the Savior came. God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Unless you understand that you're a helpless, hopeless sinner, the gospel doesn't make any sense. Uh, The gospel is good news for those who understand the bad news. And the bad news is all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, death forever in a terrible, horrible place called hell. Hell in scripture is called the lake of fire, the second death. So in order to see how great a love, you have to see how great a pit, and then you have to see how great a price the Lord had to pay in order to take you out of the pit. As David said, he brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock, making my footsteps firm. How does God do that? How does God take us out of the pit? How does he save us? How does he take us a child of wrath and make us a child of God? He doesn't just snap his fingers. He doesn't just say, uh, let it be done. No, he, he has to do uh, something that is so great and so beyond our capacity to understand the depth. God had to become a man the great eternal God, the God who spoke the worlds into existence. He became a man. In the beginning, John puts it this way in his gospel, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We call that the Incarnation. Uh, God, the eternal God, became a man. The second person of the Holy Trinity, the Lord Jesus, became a man. And he had to because he had to become our substitute. God can't just forgive sin by decree because God is a just God. As Abraham said to the Lord, shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? God always deals justly. And when a sinner comes before the the throne of God's justice and holiness, he can't just overlook the sin. There has to be a payment for sin. And so 
God said, okay, well, you have a debt that you can't pay, and I will pay the debt that I don't owe. And God became a man, and the Bible says, have this attitude in yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, although existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself taking the form of a bondservant, of a, of a doulos, of the lowest slave, and being made in the likeness of men. The great eternal God became a man. We see him at Christmas time uh, lying there in, a, in the manger in a feeding trough. Uh, he humbled himself uh, by becoming a man, by becoming a little helpless infant, by being laid in the straw, born in a barn, in a stable. The, the step down for the Lord was, was huge, but it, he didn't stop there. It says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Uh, crucifixion reserved for the worst of criminals. Roman citizens could not be crucified because it was beneath them. And Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So the price that was paid, God had to become a man, and we know him as Jesus, and Jesus had to become our substitute to die in your place and my place and our place. Uh, He made him, the scripture says, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he made him, God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, and he was so rich in heaven, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. He became poor for you and me, so that we could put our faith and trust in him, so he could pay the price for sin. And you remember when he was on the cross, one of the last things he said, Before Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, he said, It is finished. Not I am finished, but it is finished. That means paid in full. He paid the price for the sin of the whole world. And he made it possible. You remember when Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. That thick, heavy veil that separated the people from God. It separated the holy place and the temple from the Holy of Holies. God dwelt in the Holy of Holies, and the people couldn't come there. You know, the only person that could go in the Holy, holy of Holies was the high priest, and he only went once a year on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, and he went with bloodshed, and he didn't stay long, and he, shed the, he spread the blood on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant, and uh, uh, Josephus, I believe, is the one who tells us he, he went in behind that heavy veil with a rope around his waist and bells on his uh, robe so they could hear him in there. And uh, if he dropped dead in the presence of God, nobody was going to go in and get him because then you would drop dead in the presence of God and the presence of the God who is holy, holy, holy. So they had a rope around him so they could pull him out. Well... That veil now is separated from top to bottom because access to, to the Father is, 
is available to every single person for the promises for you and for your children and all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call to himself, Peter said, on the day of Pentecost. And we can have a relationship with the Lord. Now, God gave everything to purchase our salvation. The, the most famous verse in the Bible is John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, I have, I have three daughters, Jill, Amy, and Sarah. And Jill has two daughters, Emmy and Lyndon. And Amy has two sons, Jack and Chase. And uh, I love my daughters. I love my granddaughters. I love my grandsons. I love my sons-in-law, too. Um, but listen, if you said, Jeff, I, I need you to give me one of your daughters to, to be a substitute, to be a sacrifice. So one of my kids can go free. I couldn't do that. Give me one of your granddaughters. No, I couldn't do that. Give me one of your grandsons. No, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I could give you myself, but I couldn't give you one of them. You know, when we think about the sacrifice that was paid for you and for me, we say, well, um, Jesus, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. And, and Jesus did pay it all. Jesus gave his life. But the Father gave his son. The Father gave his son from the standpoint of sacrifice. That's the greatest sacrifice. It's one thing to give your life. It's another thing to give your son. And God so loved the world, but he so loved you that he gave Jesus. He gave his only begotten son. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, knowing that you were not redeemed, you were not bought back with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers. That wouldn't have cost God anything. Uh, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. If God says, well, okay, to redeem your soul is going to cost me, uh, you know, a hundred billion dollars. Well, th that's nothing to God. You were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your feudal way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ, the blood of God's own son. That's what he paid for you and for me. Now, just because Jesus died on the cross and rose again on the third day, that doesn't mean salvation is automatic for every single person. That kind of teaching is called universalism. It's a, it's a heresy. It's a lie from the pit that you're just automatically uh, included. No. Sin is personal and so is salvation. And no one can decide for you to receive Christ. And you must receive him because what does the scripture say in John chapter 1? But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born. Now watch this. John 1, 13 who are born not of blood. That means it's not in the bloodline. Just because mom and dad are Christians doesn't make you automatically make you a Christian. It's not by, by generation, who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. What does that mean? That means you can't grit your teeth and become a Christian. It's not of blood. It's not of generation. It's not of determination. You, you can't do it nor of the will of man. What is that? The will of man. 
That's nomination. That means that as much as I would love to see you become a Christian, I can't decide for you. You must decide for you. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Hey, let me ask you, have you been born of God? Have you received Christ as Savior and Lord? Do you see how great a love the Father has bestowed upon you and me that we should be called children of God. Now, you remember the prodigal son, when he came to his senses at the pigsty and he was longing to eat the pig food and no one was giving anything to him, he said, wait a minute, uh, don't my father's hired men have food to eat? They're not eating pig slop. I will go home and I will say to my father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. Listen, he wasn't worthy to be called God's son. You're not worthy. I'm not worthy. We're not worthy. But you don't receive sonship by worth. You receive it by birth. And God never said to his prodigal, okay, you, you're no longer my son. You're just going to be like a hired man. No. He, he put a robe on his back, a ring on his finger, shoes on his feet. The ring symbolized authority. The shoes, the slaves didn't have shoes, but the sons did. Uh, it symbolized uh, that he was receiving him back as his son. We're children of God. How awesome is that? God is, is your father. Jesus is your elder brother, to put it in, in the family terms. And, and we are all part of the family of God. Hey, do you see how great a love? It is Thanksgiving time, and through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name, to thank the Father for sending his Son, to thank the Son for giving his life, to thank the Holy Spirit for coming to live inside of us to give us power to guide us in the truth. Well, you're listening to Real Truth for Today, and I'm Pastor Jeff Shreve. And when we come back from the break, we're going to open the phone lines. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear how God has saved you. It doesn't have to be long, but to give thanks and say, I want to thank the Lord because I see how great a love the Father has bestowed on me because he has saved me. And I want the world to know I'm not ashamed of Jesus. 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Give me a call and share how grateful you are. Too busy to catch your favorite shows on the radio? Have no fear, because the AFR app is here. Download the app to have access to live broadcast music streaming, as well as each podcast. Whether you're at work, at home, or on the go, it's easy to listen to AFR. The AFR app is available not only for Apple and Android users, but also on Amazon Alexa and Roku. Download the AFR app today at AFR.net. 
the Bachelor of Arts in Christian Ministry at Wesley Biblical Seminary is the perfect opportunity to prepare for God's calling on your life. It's easy to make excuses why you can't pursue what God has called you to do, but this program removes those barriers, flexible class options, an affordable cost, and highly trusted professors. WBS is the school for you, and now is the time to take a next step and prepare for God's calling on your life. Learn more at wbs.edu. That's wbs.edu. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. And maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $7 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. See what you can save. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. How did the first pilgrims celebrate Thanksgiving? A look at the first Thanksgiving prayer provides a great reminder of the holiday. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr with another Stand in the Gap Minute. History records that Governor Bradford recorded the first Thanksgiving proclamation three years after the pilgrims settled in Plymouth. One key phrase of his prayer records that God has granted us the freedom to worship Him according to the dictates of our own conscience. And while many today view Thanksgiving as just a holiday to eat turkey and watch football, its origin celebrated our nation's freedom to worship God. Let me encourage you to reconnect with this original Thanksgiving prayer. As you gather for the holiday with loved ones, remember to express appreciation for America's religious liberties. More than ever, we need to remember our religious freedoms and express them. May God continue to bless America as we seek to worship Him. Join us for more biblical resources at AmericanPastorsNetwork.net. If you'd like to contact Pastor Jeff, email Pastor Jeff at FromHisHeart.org. Now, back to Real Truth for Today with Pastor Jeff Shreve. Welcome back. We're talking about Thanksgiving today. In everything, give thanks for this is God's will in Christ Jesus concerning you. Uh, the bad things that happen to us, not necessarily God's will. Obviously, uh, terrible things, sins are not God's will. Rape, murder, uh, those kinds of awful things, not God's will. But it is God's will that in everything that comes into our lives, we give him thanks and praise. We look to him. We trust him through all those things. And we've been talking about God's amazing love. See how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God for God to come down to us and to die for us and to rise again from the dead and to make it possible for us to be forgiven, to have our names written in the Lamb's book of life, to be God's own child, to, to have the Holy Spirit of God live inside of our hearts. Wow, it is amazing. Uh, amazing love, as uh, the song says from Charles Wesley. Amazing love. How can it be 
that thou, my God, shouldst die for me. Well, the phone lines are open, 888-589-8840. If you have a a short testimony of praise on this uh, Tuesday before Thanksgiving, we would love to hear from you. And we have a first-time caller on the line, Andrew from Tennessee. Andrew, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Hey, uh, how we doing, man? First and foremost, I just want to say that it's, you know, beautiful how, you know, you depicted that. Um, I never, I've never hopped on here, um, just kind of driving down the road, and I didn't know what I was going to say. But uh, my birthday is here on the 25th of November, so it's coming up. Uh-huh. Um, and it's going on four or five years now. Uh, I lost my brother on the 29th. Um, oh, and so I went through just, you know, the roughest and toughest of seasons. Uh, we got saved in the middle of a field with two of my buddies there uh, at around 2 a.m. in 10th grade. And I tell people, you know, that night, the only way I can describe it is if you could picture a, a brand going on a cow. That night I was spiritually branded. And mm. so uh, just I always want to hop on here and just testify just uh, that it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter, you know, what the circumstances may be, uh, what the outcome may look like. Uh, I'm here today just to let, you know, anybody that's listening know that, you know, we serve a God um, that will show up and show out uh, in your life. Amen. And uh, I just want to encourage you just to keep pushing. Amen. When did, Andrew, when did you come to Christ? How long ago? Well, uh, well, 10th, 10th grade, uh, I'm 19 now. Uh, okay. And, and so I, I tell people a lot of times, you know, I thought that I knew who Jesus was until I met Jesus, and then I realized that I never knew him. You know, I grew up in church, but didn't truly start following him until, you know, uh, around 10th grade. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, that's a great testimony. I appreciate you calling in, and hey, I just want to wish you a few days ahead. A happy birthday. And so uh, you're, you're fixing to be number number 20. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, that's exciting. Well, are you in school, Andrew? What are you doing? Well, um, I just got out of a, a year-long ministry program um, at Redemption to the Nations Church uh-huh. there in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, but as of now, man, I'm just trying to truly die to self and learn what it's learn what it means to be discipled. Um, I don't know what God has. I know uh, that He has a plan, though, and so I want to make sure that it's His will and not mine. So just truly trying to follow His heart uh, and see where that leads me. Amen. I love that. Well, uh, if we can be of help to you, fromhisheart.org.org has a lot of free resources and, uh, and helps to, uh, to encourage people in their walk with the Lord. So I'd love for you to jump on and, and take a look. But thanks for calling today, Andrew, and God bless you and have a wonderful, wonderful 20th birthday. So we, uh, we're going now to Arkansas, to Babs in Arkansas. Babs, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. Um, so surprised I got on. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. And I just want to tell you, this is quite amazing that God has brought me where I am today. Um, and it's all because of Him. But I had never listened to this radio program. Oh, I've got GPS on because I'm driving in Arkansas. And I have doctor's appointments. It's crazy because... I've, I've never, you know, I mean, like I said, I've just recently listened and I've tried calling in a few times and couldn't ever get in, but God has 
really working on me now, I know, because I had a crazy rental car, and the car was not programmed for this radio station when I turned it off that evening. When I turned it on the next day, this radio station was on, and I just had to change from one radio station to get the Little Rock AFR station <laughs> so I could hear you. Um, I just thank y'all for what y'all are doing, and it's just amazing what God can do through and with us if we will allow him and listen. Uh, Amen. And thank you. <laughs> thank yeah. you, Babs. Yeah, I, and. Yeah. And remember, too, the, the FR app, because uh, sometimes as we're driving, you know, we lose the, the signal. But you can always listen live online at the uh, American Family Radio app. So just encourage you in that. Right. I do have it. I yes. I know. It's, <laughs> it's great. And, and I've shared it with so many people now. I'm like, uh, have you heard of it? Have you heard? Have you listened? Have you um it's an information overload to start with, actually. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Sure. Uh, a, a real eye-opener. But everybody who has – I've heard your radio station only a couple of two or three times. Uh, Jan I heard her a few times. And um, I love the, the guys, uh, Jim Wildman and, and them doing their uh, uh-huh. Friday, freak, uh, funny Friday or whatever <laughs> yeah. I get nervous and now, but I mean, it's it's informative. It's it's information we need to know as Christians, and reinforcing what we know already that we need to live like we're Christians. And, Amen. And can I ask you something? Okay. Real quickly, find Christian because it's it's to me is washed over. Um, it, we have so many. That say they're Christians but are not following God's word in this right. world. Right. So uh, it make it makes it difficult to say I'm trying to be a Christian. I, I really rather I, I say thank you Jesus instead of just saying thank you Lord or thank you God. I want right. to make sure everybody knows it's Jesus. Right. And instead of saying I am a Christian, I uh, am trying to follow Jesus Christ is the way I try to say it now. Yeah, that's good. uh, That's good. Um, You know, there are a lot of people that say they're Christians that aren't, you know, so uh, if you're not, we always use two two words on this program, shine and share, so that what's the job of Christian? Christian? To shine, that's your life, so that uh, people can see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Jesus said that, let your light so shine among men. And so if, if there's not a shine on your life, if people don't recognize that the sweet aroma, the knowledge of the Lord is, is on your life, something is, is amiss. Um, you know, the Bible says in, in Acts chapter four, and they recognize them as having been with Jesus. And so people need to recognize that about us. Hey, that, that this person is different. Um, boy, they don't, they don't use the same language I do. They don't act and react the way I do. And so, um, so we shine and then we share. We open our mouths and tell them it's about Jesus. Well, Babs, thanks so much for calling. God bless you. Uh, let me go to another caller here. And we, uh, we have Greg on the line from Tennessee. Greg, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Good morning, Pastor Uh 
just real quickly, you gave me an idea when you talked about it's a wonderful life. I've all, already done this to my wife and my five children and several people on my contact list, and I challenge everyone listening, just simply text. It's a wonderful life. I'm thankful you were born. To oh, any yeah. and everybody you, you care about. And I think that, that would make a special Thanksgiving if this could just spread around the world. Amen. That's good. Encourage people for sure. Well, I appreciate that, Greg. That's a good word. And we can all do that. So God bless you. Well, we have uh, first-time caller Richard on the line from Ohio. Richard, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Thank you. Uh, God bless. And I'm supposed to be in a hurry, so here we go. Um, <laughs> I was the prodigal. I, I drugged myself through a gutter, you know. Be, but evidently, I needed uh, to understand the depth of my depravity before I could understand the depth of Christ's love. And I have a twin brother who uh, did not need to drag himself through the gutter. However, blessed be the man who can understand the depth of God's love without the gutter. There you go. Amen. Amen. Well, remember this too, though, Richard. So Jesus said in, in Luke 7, uh, when the prostitute was weeping at his feet, he said that the one who has been forgiven much loves much. The one who's been forgiven little loves little. Now, nobody's been forgiven little, so we've all been forgiven much. But there is a sense when you realize, you know, Paul called himself the chief of sinners. Well, he was arguably the greatest Christian who ever lived, and he saw himself as the chief of sinners. And, and his testimony, he was a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor. So there there can you can make the case for the appreciation of the gospel to someone who was in the gutter it is a maybe at a depth that the person that never went to the gutter um doesn't doesn't understand in, in that context and so uh, i would i would just in uh in listening to you, I would use that to the hilt that, you know, God, God saves from the guttermost to the uttermost. And this was my story. And, and this is how God intervened in my life. Yes, it's so much better to not have to experience the horrors of the gutter, the horrors of the pigsty. But if you do, God can use that uh, to minister in a powerful, powerful way. So God bless you, brother. Thank you for calling in today, and thank you for sharing that. We have our old buddy Lee on the line from Virginia. Lee, welcome to the program. Uh, Pastor Jeff, you got me crying this morning. You actually got me crying listening to your <laughs> what you said, and and what really makes me cry. I understand everything that you said. And, you know, believing in God is more than having a head knowledge. It's committing yourself to God. Believe, I looked up in the dictionary, the word believe means to think on a person or a cause so strongly that you commit yourself to that person or cause. And I realize how blessed I am that I understood everything that you said this morning in the in the depths of my heart, and, and I thank God for that. Thanking, I, I would rather know what you said this morning than have all the money of Bill Gates and Elon Musk has put together and not have God in my heart. 
Mm. That was a wonderful thing that you said this morning. And I thank you, the guy that answers the phone for you. And I hope he has a real nice Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanks, Lee. You're a blessing, my brother. Thank you for uh, just always being an encouragement. And every time you call, you always have something really good to say. So I appreciate that. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving, brother. Well, we've been uh, thanking the Lord for his goodness and his grace, especially as it relates to salvation. Um, Rejoice in the Lord always, Paul said. Again, I will say rejoice. And God has done so much for us, and it's all undeserved. That's what grace is. It's the unmerited, undeserved favor of God. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. He gives it to those who humbly and repentantly seek him. So I got to share this just we have another couple of minutes. I got to share this report. So uh, Sunday morning, I get a call from a friend of mine or I, I talked to a friend of mine and he said, hey, there's a big motorhome in the church parking lot. Do you know whose that is? And I said, uh, no, I don't. And he said, well, maybe you can find out. So I found out it was a couple visiting First Baptist Texarkana from Ontario, Canada. And they had been greatly impacted by From His Heart Ministries and uh, wanted to come and worship at First Baptist Texarkana on, uh, on this particular Sunday before Thanksgiving. And it was so great to meet them, uh, Wayne and Arlene Stone from Ontario, Canada. And we were, we were uh, happening to have on that Sunday a deacon's luncheon, and I was going to share about From His Heart Ministries and the outreach of From His Heart Ministries and how it goes around the world. And then we had these people, unbeknownst to me, they were, they were in attendance. And so I invited them. I said, hey, come to the luncheon, if you would, and just uh, share a, a little bit about how God used From His Heart Ministries uh, in your life all the way there up north in Canada. And so Wayne did. And uh, it was just really, really cool. Uh, how the Lord works. And uh, so we give God all the praise. Hey, God is at work in our midst. See how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God this Thanksgiving. Truly give thanks. Think about where you were before Christ uh, became real to you. There was one preacher, he always kept a dump truck, little toy dump truck on his pulpit. And somebody asked him, why do you do that? He said, because I was working on a dump truck when the Lord saved me, and I never want to forget where I came from. Hey, that makes you grateful. That makes you thankful. Well, go out today. Shine for Christ. Share what great things the Lord has done for you, and God will use you as his witness. Remember tomorrow, Rosaria Butterfield. It's going to be a great interview. God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.